1: Hey everybody, this is Larry the cable guy. Check this out. So I'm in my truck driving with my buddy, and we was heading up to the men's warehouse to fart in the suits, and he's listening to his phone, and I said, that sounds like Hermie Sadler. He said it is Hermie Sadler. He's got a podcast called Leanin' Right and the Left with Sadler and the Senator. I said, Sadler and the Senator? He said, Yeah, that's his good buddy, Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley. I said, well, what in the world? He didn't know this. I said, did you know that Hermie Sadler was voted one of the 50 best looking drivers in NASCAR? He said, I did not know that. I said, because it ain't true. (laughs) You never know, though. He never takes off his helmet. But I know one thing. This show, Leaning Right, Turning Left, is good. So pull up a chair. Right there by your phone, get yourself a cold beer and give a listen right here to this week's episode of Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. I'll tell you what, I bet Michael Waltrip's even listening. He's always wanted to do something like that. Oh, Sadler, got another one over on Waltrip. Get her done! I'm Virginia State Senator Bill Stanley, and I'm Leaning Right.
2: I'm former NASCAR driver and Fox Sports analyst Hermie Sadler, and I'm Turning Left. Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. Welcome back, Bill. Hey, man. It's good to see you, Hermie. This is a special edition
3: of Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. Or as our boy Shep Moss would say, Leaning Left and Turning Right. You got to give him a good one. Shep Moss! Shep Moss ain't here again because Shep Moss is too busy for us, so we may be on vacation. But this is a very special edition. Uh, We're doing this because next week, we're supposed to have him this week, but that was my fault, on you know, my scheduling, in my court case, I won too early. And so we're going to have... Won too early. I won too early. I did too well. You know, it, 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 it happens. Yeah. And so we're going to have your brother for part two of the Sadler Brothers uh, interview next week. But we wanted to remind people of that first interview because it was a classic. I think it was like our second or third show. Right off to bat, We were just getting our feet wet, learning how to do this podcast thing. And your brother came in to the SLG uh, skyscraper mm-hmm. like a house on fire. Yep. And he was amazing and funny and hilarious and also was really insightful and poignant talking about, you know, children and coaching and those kind of things. I think we're going to have more conversations about that when we talk to it, him again. It, as, far as,
2: racing, his, his as far as his racing career, we talked a little bit off and on until we got up to about the time he won for the Wood Brothers. That's right. At Bristol. So and he's got a lot more as far as racing career and that, Talking about Robert Yates and Ray Evernham, who is one of our guests right. on the show. He's driven for Richard Petty, he's driven for Richard Childress, Joe Gibbs, Dale Earnhardt Jr. So he the
3: cowlegs didn't did Cali racing.
2: He ran a couple races at the end for Cali Racing in an effort to help the transition to give current NASCAR superstar Ross Chastain an opportunity to get his foot in the door and, and run. Some races for Nutrient Ag Solutions, a sponsor at the time in College Racing. So a lot more racing left to cover with Elliot and I four-time NASCAR most popular driver. Yeah. And but now And the NASCAR driver you'd most like to have a beer with, wouldn't he? And today's version of Elliot Sadler, which is full-time dad. He's running a foundation here in Emporia called Top End Foundation, providing opportunities for kids play travel baseball, travel softball, gymnastics, cheering, lots of other things as well. And, of course, still loves to hunt. Um, he's always had a love for the outdoors and conservationism and other things like that. And his son, Wyatt, uh, is right in there with him on that as it relates to, to the ball side, you know, uh, playing baseball and all that as well as hunting and all that. So uh, still a lot a, lot a minute, to cover a with Elliot did,
3: Didn't Wyatt give you a bloody nose or a black eye on your daughter's wedding? He did. Threw a basketball
2: at me when I wasn't looking. And it hit you in the face. Right in the face. It was a, it was a real improvement, actually. Yeah. Well, I, I thought it was a lot that. better.
3: But all-around good guy, Elliot Sadler, is going to be on next week. But we wanted everybody to listen to Elliot Sadler the first time we had him on. Go back through our library. We've had some great interviews. This is one of the classic ones with Elliot Sadler. Give it a listen. And then next week, we're going to bring everybody up to speed with what's going on in Elliot's life. Have the two brothers together. And Chet Miles and myself. Should be a lot of fun. So give it a listen.
2: Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, appreciate y'all being patient with us the last couple of weeks. We've been working around each other's schedules, your legal schedule and my campaign schedule. And but I like doing this in, uh, in front of much you better. rather than it's much on, better. on Zoom. It's much it's better. Much so much I like the fact we'll go back and revisit Elliot Sadler part one, then bring you Elliot Sadler part two. And hopefully by the end of this show, we can bring you the complete story of what was the life and NASCAR career of my brother, Elliot Sadler. Prepare to learn a little and
3: laugh a lot. This is a great interview. Gotta laugh. Stay tuned. The Elliot Sadler part one now begins.
2: Episode two. We made
3: it through episode one. I'm Senator Bill Stanley and I'm leaning right. And I'm Hermie Sadler and I'm turning left. Here we are again, Hermie, this is great. I'm enjoying the heck out of this with you.
2: It's great and uh, leaning right and turning left. Is powered by pace who reminds you to follow the show on social media at Sadler Senator, And to make sure you subscribe so you won't miss an episode as we discuss the hot topics of the Virginia Assembly and, of course, racing. Did you write that yourself? Because that sounded really good. No, that's too good
3: for that me. That was like a full sentence.
2: we got a full house here in the Stanley Law Group offices located where?
3: High atop the Stanley Law Group building in beautiful downtown Richmond, the capital of the Commonwealth of Virginia.
2: Is it too early to mention that the naming rights to the studio are still available?
3: You are correct, sir. If you have uh, the money, we're going to name it whatever you want. It's just got to be family friendly, I guess, right? Family friendly.
2: Yeah. Family friendly. Um, Speaking of Sadler Senator, which is our Instagram and Twitter handle for the Mm-hmm. podcast you caused some controversy you, you caused call. some controversy you caused the controversy you caused some controversy the other day by not <laughs> being prepared for me promoting the launch of our Podcast.
3: You are correct, and I must take credit for forgetting. And I guess when you get older, that's what happens. But so, so the story goes. So you promote Sadler St- Senator, right? On I guess Facebook, social media, all that stuff, right? I go into the General Assembly and every single person in there, we're, we're there for the Commonwealth address, the address of the state of the Commonwealth by our new governor, Glenn Youngkin. Mm-hmm. And everybody there is not, they, you know, they're very excited that Glenn's there, but they're not talking about that, Hermie. They're talking about Hermie Sadler running for state Senate <laughs> in the Commonwealth of Virginia. I said, what are you talking about? They're like, Yeah. Yeah. He's announced. He's got his own Twitter handle. I'm like, really? What? No, he wouldn't do that. He would have told me about that. And then they say, oh, look, Sadler Center. I'm like, man, maybe you did. And so it wasn't until I went over and and talked to you and you said, no, you dumb... Dome. it's it's our twitter handle for this podcast and i'm a little embarrassed but i think it's hilarious and uh, and so you you caused quite a stir yep. this stir is still going on maybe maybe as this podcast develops we can talk more about potentially your political future and maybe have some interaction all with lack, those people. lack thereof um i don't know you've been pretty involved in politics lately and uh, yeah. and i see that only continuing so and i've taught you a
2: lot of the law
4: yeah. So, well, I've
2: learned a lot of, about the law the hard way. You're just going to have to teach me how to drive a race car. I think yeah. that's the uh, well, no, one we be doing that. So, let's set the table a little bit. Returning for part of our second episode is WWE Hall of Famer, Double J, Jeff Jarrett from Podcast E. Jeffrey. Howdy, folks. Double J here. That's J.E. No, I'm
5: kidding. <laughs> 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 Hello, guys. It is an honor to be amongst a. Um, uh, a senator and a senator-to-be. I mean, here we go. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, go. Bill, you told me that you were grooming him, and yeah. he's coming along, and I like how he's sort of got the whole world, you know, uh, snookered here, that he's <laughs> launching all these social media <laughs> handles under the guise of the podcast. He's smart. I knew he's, he was smart, always smarter than his uh, little brother, but uh, uh, <clears throat> Speaking, anyway, we're going to have some now, fun anyway, today. Let me tell you
3: one thing about him. He is the king of the selfie. I've never seen anybody on social media, especially uh, Facebook, take more selfies unless they're like 19 years old and they got a new dress or a new hairdo. And he is all over social media. I mean, he is is the king. And so when you get Hermie Sadler to like one of your posts, because all he does is like his own posts, of course, then you've really made it. Yeah. And he's liked at least three or four.
2: This is really special. (laughs) But speaking of that little brother joining us for episode two, we are proud to... Welcome, and he made sure, you know, uh, last week we got introduced on the floor of the Senate by yours truly, Senator Stanley. Thank you. Four-time most popular driver, one of only 36 drivers to win a poll and a race in NASCAR's top three divisions. And so far behind Jeff and Senator Stanley and I, the most famous person we've had on The podcast <laughs> that is true. So far.
3: Oh my god, just right from
2: Emporia, Virginia. It's Elliot Sadler. Welcome. I wonder when you were gonna let me
6: talk. <laughs> Listen to y'all. Right. Listen, so you screwed it up again. Uh, Senator Stanley actually did a good job last week. It's record setting. Oh, four time most popular driver in the Xfinity series. Thank you very record much. Setting. That's record true. setting. That's I still think that
5: that's pretty cool. One of only 36.
6: One of only 36. So when I get, you know, we all have naysayers, right? So when you get somebody, if you tweet something and people don't like it, they oh. always come back with the, you know, your career was this, this, or this. So I have to throw the, hey, I'm one of only 36 and how NASCAR many, drivers. How many? Ever?
5: Like, how many active drivers would you say there are right now in the top three series?
6: Well, in the top three series, it's uh, you know, it's 120.
5: Okay, so 120 times NASCAR in the 50s? Yeah, it's 60 years
6: old. Yeah, yeah, 65 years. So old. So
5: roughly do that math.
6: Yeah, and then people trying to make it to even to even get that opportunity. Oh no, you're in the top.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so
6: I'm gonna sing this song. As long as
5: I can. I, dude, I'm going to start singing it.
6: That's I my, knew you uh, as a handsome man. That's and- my card when you say this. I, oh, excuse me. But one of 36
3: <laughs> to win in all three divisions. And a pole, yeah. And a pole. Yeah. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. It's amazing.
6: So that's, that's pretty cool coming from a little small town of Virginia.
3: So is uh, Hermie one of those 36?
6: Uh, I'll uh, have to check the record books, but uh, no. being
2: this is his <laughs> podcast, I'll let him answer that. <laughs> so we, we got a lot to get to today. We want, obviously want to follow back up with Jeff coming off the first episode of, of the podcast. Right on, right on. Leaning right and turning left. It was a smash success. This one will be better than that. But I uh, want to get uh, caught up with Eddie, Elliot a little bit too. Let's, so let's start from the now and go backwards. We want to talk about racing and how you got started and all those things. But what has been occupying your time uh, since you retired from full-time motorsports? So, Wait,
5: when, when did you retire? I hate to jump in here.
2: Two years
6: ago. So 2020.
5: Wow! So you, you you've twenty um,
6: twenty. You was You raced
5: that? at the end all the way through twenty twenty. Right. So to the
6: end took. I hit, I ran a couple races in twenty twenty because of some sponsor obligations. My last full season twenty nineteen.
5: Okay. So so the fall November twenty nineteen is when you stepped out. Full when time. I was done. So you've missed two full seasons. Yes. Now. How many deer have you killed in a those lot. two full
4: seasons?
3: <laughs> 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 uh, we now have a moratorium in the Commonwealth of Virginia on how many you can kill, just because of the ones that are not in Greensville County. Anymore.
6: Right. Exactly. <laughs> One thing I love about re- being retired is I'm more open to say whatever I need to say when I need to say it. Now, as compared to before, where you got a briefing from NASCAR that says, "This is what's happened. This is your stance on it." Wow. Kind of, kind of mm-hmm. thing. So I, I don't, I don't miss that part at all. But to kind of start from now and, and work backwards, one of the reasons why I retired was, you know, it hit me like a ton of bricks was, you know, I got two kids. And just like with wrestling, you're gone all the time racing. I mean, every weekend you're living out of a suitcase, different hotel rooms, what have you. And it just got to the point that my kids were starting to do their own thing, baseball, softball, dance recitals, cheering, those kind of things. And I was missing all of it. And it... One day stands out in my mind, I was at uh, – it was 2019. I was at Mid-Ohio on a Saturday afternoon, me and one of my best friends sitting in the bus. And I was trying to find my son's game on the radio. He was playing in an all-star game back home. Mm-hmm. And I coached him all year long. And I looked at my friend and I went, I'm done. Like, I don't want to be here at the track anymore. My – my heart's at home, my mind is here, and then at that level you, you can't be that way and be competitive. So it hit me all at once in one day. And when I came home and told my wife, it was like a load lifted off my shoulders. So I was worried how I was going to feel. You know, I call, I was driving for Dale Earnhardt Jr. at the time.
5: Now, is it, what year? 2018?
6: This was yeah, well it was 2018. Wow. Cuz so 2019 was my last year. Yeah. So I gave her about a year and a half notice. Yeah. So I called Dale Jr. and called Kelly and Dale Jr said hey, cuz he had just you know he had retired also he said do me a favor look at it as you're retiring to something not retiring from something so i kind of actually that has been in my mind i'm retiring to spend more time with my my wife my kids my family at home and retiring to one of my first love and that's coaching mentor um, motivational speaking, those kind of things to help kids in my area. But when I made my mind up, it was just like a click that, that I had wow. retired. I had done it enough. I had followed my dream long enough. Now it was time to put myself on the back burner and, and try to help my kids kind of you know, go after their dreams. That's cool. Yep. That so I got, I got to work backwards from there.
2: Work backwards from there. <clears throat>
6: well, wait, uh, heard a lot of already. Didn't
3: you have the same kind of experience when you gave up after, after racing, but you were a Fox – Sports commentator yeah. and a great pit guy. I mean, that's, I think, half the reason why I watched uh, races tell, was to watch you. tell
2: by my accent I never dreamed I'd have a, any kind of career in television. <laughs> but I did 16 years with, with, with Fox television.
3: What was that moment for you?
2: Um, a very similar one to what Elliot had. I was in uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Iowa Speedway, which Elliot can tell you, that racetrack is right in the middle of a cornfield.
5: So o- Ohio and Iowa are yeah, y'all's yeah. metropolises that yeah. you had the light bulb go <laughs> so off. Thank you, Midwest,
3: for killing all the yeah. Virginia drivers so you love.
2: <laughs> Similar love. <laughs> similar situation. I'm in a hotel room in, uh, in Iowa, and I've got one daughter who is cheering. Uh, she was a, a student at UNC Chapel Hill on the mm-hmm. cheerleading squad. She was cheering maybe in a regional final basketball game for the Tar Heels. And my other daughter, my youngest daughter, Naomi, was playing travel ball in a tournament somewhere else, maybe Myrtle Beach. So I had one daughter, I think, in Arizona cheering for the Tar Heels. I had another daughter in Myrtle Beach playing travel ball, and I'm in a hotel room in Des Moines, Iowa, by myself. Because some of the hour races, maybe the truck races on Saturday and then the Xfinity races on Sunday, so I had to stay over. I did TV for both races. And it's the very same thing. I told my wife then. I called her one day, and I mean that day, and I said, "I don't, I don't know why I'm here. You know, I'm. I need to be with Cora. I need to be with Naomi. Mm-hmm. But my family always understood. I mean, I was working, and I, you know, I was putting kids through college and doing all these other things. But I still, I never made the decision right then that I'm done. I just kind of was." disappointed in myself or I felt bad at the moment. So we got, that was probably in September and we got through, of course, of course it's always tougher when it, when it comes time to actually make the decision. Right. But I went to Homestead Speedway for 2019, which was your last race for Dale Earnhardt Mm -hmm. Jr.'s team. And on Thursday night, prior to the truck race on Friday night, we had our year end party with Fox (laughs) And Jacob Bowman was there. And then the guy named Steve Craddock, who, great guy, who was kind of the in charge of Charlotte. He was in kind of overseeing all the talent in Charlotte. We had a Thursday night event at Topgolf, kind of the year-end wrap party, they called it, for everybody uh, with the team. And Steve and I had been talking back and forth about our contract, about my contract. And because some of the other guys, the newer people that were coming in, they had really cut their pay way down and didn't guarantee him so many races and this and that and the other. But so, so Steve and I had been talking and I said, I might do it as long as it's the same deal that I had been having. And I assumed that to be the case, but when they gave me my contract at that thing that night at the event at Top Golf, I went back to the hotel, didn't think much of it, got back to the hotel and started reading it. And it the contract wasn't quite what I wanted, uh, you can say, but that's when the wave hit me, it's like I was reading through this and I just got to thinking, I said, you know, I'd always told myself, if I'm not excited about going to the airport to get on the airplane, to go to the racetrack, it's somebody else's time to do it. And I gave myself the whole weekend. I worked the I worked the truck race on Friday, stayed for LH race on Saturday, which is last full-time race. Did some stuff on Sunday, you know, the Virginia lottery had given a trip away, so I entertained some people for that. And got home Sunday night and just told my wife, I said, I looked read through the contract again, I said, I just don't have it in me to do it anymore. And I called Steve Craddock that Sunday night after the homestead race and said, Thank you. It's been great, but I'm not interested in continuing on. And then he first thing he said, of course, was, Is it money? Can we can we do anything? I said it's got nothing to do with it. It's right. no, we can't fix that. So, and I feel much like Elliot. I now that I'm at, been at home for a couple of years. Although we still have plenty of things going on and lots, some traveling, but being home a lot more by and large is. I've never been happier. It's been great. And it's kind of ironic that the two of you quit. Uh, retired about the same
3: time, pretty much. But came yeah. to your own conclusions, but all, came to the same conclusion on different levels and at different levels of the sport as well. I mean, that's that's. Uh, well, that's a lot of the
6: traveling we did were together. Um, Hermie was going to do TV at the same time when I was running in the Cup Series and Xfinity, and we'd fly together on a plane. We would he'd stay on the bus with me, so we had each other. But I didn't think when I started running more Xfinity and he was doing more truck races, we became separated. So we were kind of missing that family part of it. Mm-hmm. And then I think when he saw kind of how I felt after I retired, he
2: was kind of like... And plus, know. you know, we, we all, in all of our respective racing, and, and Bill, your situation, you know, politics, even though you may not always agree with people, you, it's a fraternity. Yeah. Fraternity. Jeff, you with wrestling, fraternity. And... I had my group of people that I I not only raced with, but did TV with. Kenny Wallace, Darrell Waltrip, Larry McReynolds, Michael Waltrip, Phil Parsons, the whole crowd. Rutledge Wood. Rutledge Wood. You did a lot of things with him. We would go in early, say like on a Wednesday or Thursday, and go play golf or do something together. Well, the last two years, because of COVID and other things, the booth guys and girls – stayed in charlotte the only people actually traveling was me and one other pit reporter and a couple people in the in the truck and they quite frankly no disrespect but the some of the pit reporters they put me with were new they were green i didn't have anything in common with them i didn't and we didn't hang out socially so that that put me to what i was describing earlier go to the airport go to the plane fly go to the hotel go to the racetrack, go back to the hotel, you know, by myself. I was really basically by myself, you know, for those weekends while my family was doing other things. So, uh, but I don't have any regrets. I, I mean, I started really at the end of 92 went full-time in 93 and for all intents and purposes through the end of 2019, you know, made a living At the racetrack, and I never would have dreamed I'd be able to do that. So I have no regrets.
3: My dad used to always say, never be too busy making a living that you forget to make a life. And sometimes we all come to that realization a little later in life. And, And my father was a guy who died at the age of 51. Oh, wow. Uh, He died a month after I graduated from college. But he he left me with a lot of these kind of phrases that I remember. And so just listening to the two of you all, it seems like you came to that realization because you're in the whirlwind of NASCAR. You're you're at the top of your field. You're you're in that small fraternity. You're you're known every time you go to an airport. You're known every time you go to a a 7-Eleven or a a Sadler truck stop. And then you're willing to walk away from that, which most people, because of our egos, because of what we do – and the adulation is there and fuels us. You both were willing to walk away from that at very relatively very young ages. And certainly, you know, you could have raced more, Elliot. Oh, yeah. And certainly you could be on Fox News or Fox uh, TV, Fox Sports doing NASCAR right now, couldn't you? Yeah,
2: sure. But um, it's a lot of sacrifice with all the things we've done. You know, we've both had, all three of us, Jeff also, and you too, you know, Bill and York, had longer than average – careers and being relative in our, but there's a lot of sacrifices behind the scenes yeah. that people just, if you don't do it, you just don't understand because people like my last couple of years, I'd do the truck race on Friday night. And if, you know, with Elliot wasn't racing anymore, I would fly out Saturday morning and fly back home. Hmm. And I would see somebody, you know, in Emporia Saturday afternoon. I can't believe you didn't stay for the race all weekend. I'm like, In my mode I'm in now, I leave on the last flight possible, and I fly out on the first one possible. And 15, 20 years ago, I'd leave home as soon as possible and come back a day late if I could. (laughs) I mean, I did. Yeah. But it it, it completely... Flip-flop. Senator, you, we, we
5: got the headlines of uh, yeah. episode two. I'm telling you, what? why the Saddlers walked away. But the thing, I was sitting here, and I've known both these guys 25 years, and uh, maybe in my business it's a little bit more relatable. But a lot of guys don't get that choice. They get shown the door. They get thrown out. Father time catches up with them. You get to leave. Both those guys, both of you guys, got to leave on your own terms. Go ahead, Elliot. So I mean, I'm going to
6: add to that. One of my best friends in the world is Dale Jarrett. You know, he was responsible for me getting in the Wood Brothers car uh, when, I was, when I was a rookie. The sponsorship he used to actually have was Ford Quality Care. They switched the name to Motocraft and gave it to us because he went to UPS. Then I was his teammates at Robert Yates Racing, and we flew together, played golf together all the time. So I went to him and said, look, these are the thoughts I'm having. You have gone through this. Uh, when I was coming along young, Dale was living his life with his kids through his cell phone.
4: Mm-hmm. He had
6: three kids, two daughters and a son. They were all very active, very athletic, playing sports. I mean, his son now plays for the Tidewater Tides, AAA for the Baltimore Orioles oh, wow. here in Virginia. So like, they're very athletic. And so I kept asking him, man, this is what I'm, I'm feeling guilty, leaving my kids. This, this, What do you think? He said, Elliot, if you can leave on your own accord and do it the right way. That's worth a lot mentally and to your heart years down the road. Yeah, you know, don't stay too long. I think maybe that's what he felt. He did, Mm -hmm. and then he finally got pushed out on. You know, pushed pushed out the door, and that happened. It's a totally
5: different mindset. That's why I I mean. What about you, Jeff? Uh, How did you do it? Oh, I'm I'm still going.
3: (laughs) You know
6: what?
4: You're
3: still wearing them underpants and jumping off the top rope. What are you talking about? Here's
5: the real nuts and bolts, of the difference. Believe it or not, Senator, you're a smart man, but professional wrestling is scripted. What? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, you I'm, kidding hold on, me? Hold on. Yeah, what? I'm, yeah, I'm I sorry. Quit. I, yep, that's I I it. No, but you know, we're, inter- w- we're entertainment. We're entertaining. Doesn't <laughs> exist and I, and well, I'm going to throw you right out of the Stanley <laughs> Law Group Studio. But <laughs> no, w- w- it's it's that's highly, a long fall too. It, it's highly <laughs> it's competitive. Like uh, but no, re- wrestling you never retire from. But yeah. uh, as far as full time, yeah. I mean, candidly, that's probably right up at the very top of one of the reasons why I started TNA is sort of guide my own, be my own boss, entrepreneurial spirit, uh, set my own schedule when the time come. Um, Because when you work for, back in those days, Ted Turner and WCW, or really Vince at WWF at the time, it, it was either you're all the way in or all the way out. And he didn't mind telling Hulk Hogan that. Ultimate Warrior, Randy Savage, Stone Cold—you name it. Either you're full time or not. I mean, The Rock went off to Hollywood. You know, he was uh, hottest box office attraction in the world. You don't really do things part time in, in,
3: in our business. It's—it's it's, physically, Jeff. There had to be that moment where we're just like these gentlemen. I mean. Racing is a sport. Racing takes a toll on your body. You're getting older, but, but there are guys, you know, Kenny Schrader still races to this day. There are, yep. there are guys, uh, you know, Harry Gantt, all of those raced well into their 40s. And, and so that's not like a sport like where football, the average is four years. Or mm-hmm. baseball may be a little bit higher, but when you see somebody like uh, a Tom Brady that goes, you know, 20-some-odd years, that's the exception. In wrestling, personality drives the sport. Uh, and it is a real sport, by the way, and, and don't ever say that again. Okay, okay? all right. But at <laughs> what point did you physically, like they did, say, you know, that seemed more mental for them. Was there a physical stop for you where you said, man, I can't do the stroke anymore? I can't. Although,
5: I mean, there's you definitely. Every year, it's a little bit different, but instead of, you just work smarter. I mean, staying right now is in his 60s and went off the top rope the other night on AW. Exactly. So if you take care of yourself, but really, it's, it's working smarter and just being around and really calculating your risk. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's so a big— So you still di- get in the ring? Yeah. There's a big difference in doing it once or twice a month, three times a month, as opposed to 20 times a you month.
2: You know the funny? It just caught my attention, and I, I know you'll get this, but you, you mentioned The Rock. I'll even throw Stone Cold in there. Even Hulk Hogan, probably the three biggest yeah. attractions of all time. I never remember any of them getting on the top rope. right. They they did all their stuff
4: yeah, with the very, microphone very controlled
2: you know and you you do a certain I don't do that, much yeah but you take somebody like a close friend of mine and yours Jeff Hardy he's made a lot of money too but he's done it on ladders and chairs and, yeah, yeah. and that boy can hardly walk and he's forty <laughs> Mick
5: Foley's the perfect example yeah that he gave his body to the industry. I mean, yeah. it was his choice, but he pays for it. To when this I, when I,
3: you look great. I mean, you look like you've you've lived well and, and you haven't let it... Handsome. To, like, that's handsome was I like to do. the first thing I
6: thought of. <laughs> I, I,
3: just, I thought that'd be like creepy sitting around like five guys in a room sitting there telling you. So, Senator to listen
6: is. to... Uh, Jeff and Hermie used to put up some rings for some guys that come in and wrestle and do some stuff. So, me, I'm going to go practice one day. I'm going to get in the ring and see what it feels like. Okay. And one of Hermie's talent guys, I said, hey... Um, Body slamming. I want to see what it feels like. He, bought I mean that's plywood. <laughs> this that shit is hard, man. It's like I ain't doing this no more. Yeah. So I don't. When you guys do it, I know you land correctly and so athletic. But I'm mm-hmm. like, heck no, I couldn't do that.
3: Yeah, that's why it's not choreographed. I mean, no, that's no. it's real. It's real. It is real. I know people that have- will
6: fight you over if it's real or not.
3: And I know those those guitars that were busted on you did not have cuts in them that made it break easier. Okay, <laughs> I know those were real playable guitars. Right? Of course. of
2: course. Thank you. Golly, Moses. Stop Gosh, ruining my dreams. God, you ever, hope heard, my you dreams. ever heard Jeff play the guitar? Hey, let me,
3: let me be... Let yeah, me, I no. haven't. Oh. <laughs> but let me be very frank with you. Politics is not real. Okay? Oh, yes, it is. No, no. It's not real at all. It's all fake.
2: I'm kidding. I just, I what I don't understand, as we said earlier, you were so kind as to introduce all of us and LaVar Arrington, who will be on a future yes. podcast uh, of ours introduce us all on the Senate floor and, and and Jeff Jarrett is used to being cheered by everyone mm-hmm. <laughs> the Saddlers were not cheered by everyone really yeah tell me well, what now, that bother you, you saw the crowd
5: I, I, I saw several senators down low I th- I, look, my eyesight's... Good, but I, they were just, I think they were saying, hey, man, you're number one. They were holding up that finger. <laughs> yeah, that was like, not
3: the one finger. That
2: was yeah, the middle yeah. finger. Does that bother you? But that's a... Does it bother me? Yeah. Uh, no, I think it's great because that means that you know, when people... Like Dale Earnhardt used to say, either they cheer you or they boo you. If they say nothing, you're
6: in trouble.
5: Exactly. Mm. I just wait till they wait till you make the official announcement. Co- oh, we're not supposed <laughs> to share that. I <laughs> am so that. sad. Uh,
6: what episode number was
2: that supposed <laughs> to be on? We pre-taped that. <laughs> that we pre-taped, pre-taped that a week ago. All right, so let's go back a little bit. Uh, yeah, I thought this
6: was it this, is, I thought this session was about
2: me. It is. It, we, I want to talk Hermes, about me.
6: <laughs> Hermes' life story for the last 47 years.
3: So well, well, look, so where were we? It all now? started in a cornfield. So fielding. my name's Elliot Sadler. I'm yeah. on the show today. <laughs> yes. Let's so, start getting you know, all of y'all sitting at a conference table where we've taken some depositions. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna enjoy along with Jeff asking both you guys some questions. Now that we started at the end of that, what was your part of the racing career? I'll ask both of you this question. Have you gone back to racing in any way shape or form Elliot at all?
6: Yes, I racing.
3: Okay, and that's what we're going to talk about too later cuz that is a really incredible thing that's going on it's right cool. now. Yep, but it's in terms awesome. of the physical racing.
6: No, and I've been offered many many opportunities and I just I am I have hung my helmet up. I have lived that life. That's in the past. I've enjoyed every moment of it, but I am not a Half-ass? Can I say half-ass? Sure. I am not a half-ass guy. If I can't get in where I'm mentally and physically prepared to try to win or do, I'm not going just to ride around to wave to the crowd. That's right. not me. It's never been me. So I'm not going to put myself in that
3: opportunity to do that. Okay. So See down. now, Jeff was Jeff was talking about how he still gets in the ring, but what you're really more is the entrepreneur now part, the entrepreneur side of wrestling. Is that for right? sure? I have been that way a long time. And right. so your entrepreneur side of racing is iRacing. Is
6: iRacing. Let's talk about that. So during the pandemic, COVID hit, right? So everybody shut down. Everybody stuck at home. NASCAR has a iRacing event on TV to take the place of the real race that weekend.
3: I watched it. It was at Homestead. It was actually great.
6: So I watched it. Me and my kids and family watched it, and we were like, holy cow. Man, this is great. So I called a friend of mine, William Byron. He drives for Rick Hendrick now, the 24 car. He was a teammate of mine at Junior Motorsports. I knew he was big into racing. Hey, dude, what do I do to get one of these? How do I get a rig? How do I do it? Hey, one of the best suppliers is in Richmond, Virginia. Sim Seats is one of the biggest rigs, uh, manufacturers there is in iRacing. Here's his number. Here's the guy that owns it. Well, they brought one to my house, like a rental. And I just got hooked on it. Now, is it like a simulator? It is. And listen, I was a naysayer. I'll go ahead and tell you. I'll, there's no way that's real. There's no way they can make it feel real, seem real. And I'll go ahead and tell you. It's real. That I, It is unbelievable. Like wrestling. Yes. Just <laughs> see that, Senator? That's why he's such a good lawyer. Thank you very much. Um, it is so real how they can make the tracks feel, look, what you're feeling with the steering wheel and the seat of the car. It is crazy how how realistic it is. So, I bought even the some, degrees of embankment, everything. Really. The the what your eye see is so accurate to what every single track has, your your line of sight. So, I started a race team uh on iRacing, racing, Elliot Sadler Esports. I have 14 guys that work for me full-time, and I have engineers and I have drivers and I got competition directors, I have an HR person. I have all these guys that that we race I mean, they're on there every night, and they're racing, and we're building setups, and we're testing. And in iRacing, they have the same thing NASCAR has. So when we have the truck series, they have building blocks. We have the truck series in real racing, NASCAR. They have what's called Road to Pro, which is also trucks in iRacing. So you got to run a series, run a season, and if you finish in the top 20 in points – you get to go to Xfinity Series. Kind of same thing in NASCAR. NASCAR Xfinity Series, kind of a stepping stone, yeah. step stone. In our racing, they have a thing called the Contender Series. 40, because you had to qualify through this, 40 of the best guys there is in the world. They'll take the top 20, and they go to the Coca-Cola Series. <laughs> same thing it is in NASCAR. You go to the Cup Series. Well, this year, is 40 guys in the, in, in the Coke Series. This year, we start... The same week that they race in the L.A. Coliseum, yeah. that's when we start. We run the same race they do. We run on Tuesday nights. They run the next Sunday. And our champion wins $150,000. Oh,
5: I could literally make a whole new podcast about it. I've got a 1,000 yeah. questions. I had no idea. When you yep. said Coca-Cola series, I'm assuming
6: <clears throat> they're the sponsor. They, Coca-Cola uh, sponsors it. NASCAR has bought in the iRacing the last couple of years. They are full-fledged. In it. In it. They're, what they're trying to do is blur the lines between iRacing and real racing. For what they, reason? They want these kids to be a part of, you know, we have lost NASCAR fans the last 10 years. Hundreds of it's, thousands. Right. Millions.
5: Millions, a upon lot of them, millions. Yeah. I know the TV numbers. A lot of them,
6: yeah. a lot of them by stupid mistakes that NASCAR has made. But a lot of them, today's kids are not motorheads like we were. Yes, coming along. it's a
5: different generation. It's a different
6: generation. So NASCAR is using iRacing because everybody's Smart. on a computer nowadays to try to get them interested mm-hmm. in it. So why I have started Elliott Sadler Esports. I want my kids, and i told them this, my kids on my team, I want them to have an opportunity, if I can help them, make it to racing. And what what I mean by that is, as a driver, maybe as a crew chief, an engineer, maybe a spotter, a marketing guy. So who's your driver? So in the Coca-Cola series, they have NASCAR rules. You're only supposed to have two drivers. Actually, I have five guys that made it. So the two guys that drive for me, Garrett Mains, who's right out here in Richmond, Virginia. Um, wow. He has Asperger's, but he has raced in the little mini cup cars. He used to run in Hampton Coliseum. Right. He's run the Legends Car Shootout in Charlotte. Um, he's one of the highest ranked I racers in the world. Okay. Okay, so he's one, and I have another one named Liam Brotherton, who's a design guy. You ought to see the race cars and stuff he can design. One of the smartest kids I know. He just graduated from UNC Charlotte. You know, he's 21 years old. So this they're is my amazing. two guys uh, in the Coca-Cola series. And now uh, that are going to run under my banner. Uh, I have two more guys that are run for me, but they have to run under Steve LaTarte's name, LaTarte Motorsports, oh, wow. name, who's out <laughs> yeah, of off yeah, yeah. of uh, NBC. And that's uh, Dylan Alt and Brian Macario. There's two, two more guys. And then Blade Witt is the fifth guy who's actually a sophomore at Virginia Tech. Um, he's running for the Wood Brothers, but all five of them guys run under – Run for me. We work together every week along with our engineers and stuff like that. You're so it's a complete team. You're paying
3: everybody, too? I mean, this is like a yes. business? Yes. Yes.
6: It's stupid. I pay them, with them. But listen, <laughs> I you know, they. if I can give them a chance, yeah. if I can, with the right people at the right time. So what we're doing now is I've signed a, a development deal with Colleague Racing. A uh, friend of mine, Chris Rice, runs it. Matt Colleague owns that. You used to race for I did. How long did you race for the for I only raced a couple races with them. I helped him get a sponsorship over there and gave Jeb Burden an opportunity. But we've signed a development deal with them that when they do stuff at the racetrack or do stuff at the shop, my guys are coming in to sign autographs with them, get their name out there, be a part of the race team. So I'm trying to get my guys opportunity to – this is their dream.
2: So if I can help somebody – that's what it's all about. I got another question. Wait, wait, wait. Speaking of paying, we need to take a moment and say that leaning right and turning left with Sadler and the Senator is powered by Pesomatic, Who reminds you to follow the show on social media at Sadler Senator, and to make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode as we discuss the hot topics in the Virginia, Virginia General Assembly,
7: and of course racing and right now I racing. And I'm the last number 65084, Equal Housing Lender.
6: Did you notice he cut my time, but he didn't
2: cut you? Of course.
7: Yeah. Saturday? That's that's brotherly no. love. See, we all
2: know we got to have sponsors. I
5: got a big question here. Yes. This is fascinating to me. It is. Can you watch, like, uh, NASCAR back in the day, uh, 180, 60,000 people in Bristol and Talladega and all that? You watch it on Twitch? Yes. That's the that's the viewers. Twitch
6: is the thing, and they they also they put it up on YouTube as well. But Twitch is the biggest one. Yeah, they have a broadcast. They have guys that are calling race just like on TV. That's what. Okay. Yeah. So who, do do, is, I, do I know who or no, is it? It's, no, it, you, you wouldn't know. It's younger guys doing the broadcast. Calling the broadcast. So
5: it is a complete series, duplication of Tuesday. One hundred percent. Down to broadcasting. Yep. Hey, is there somewhere, somebody on there uh, that works the pits that's got a funny accent like Herbie?
6: <laughs> he wasn't. They what? got rid of him. <laughs> they they, they got, got rid of him. him. They got rid of him. His name was Alan Joseph. So, he couldn't understand it. Let, <laughs> let me tell you how real it is, Not a damn
2: soul is going to understand what that means
6: other than and, yeah, I know. The we, tracks, like, we think it's
4: funny.
2: The tracks that I was
6: good at in real life, I am really good at at iRacing. The tracks that I sucked at in real life, I suck at on iRacing. racing. Is it mental? It's mental in the feel. I don't have the feel to create speed. So you there. can
5: wear Bristol out on I race
6: Really good at Bristol, suck at Martinsville. Hmm.
5: But Talladega, you can
6: stink it. Uh, Rich can thing. you flip fifteen times oh, at yeah, Talladega? Oh yeah, heard a thing. Hit reset and move on. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, it, it. It has been a good experience. Uh, I've definitely had a lot of fun with it. It, it has its times because anytime you have kids. That are from all over the world, all yeah. over the United States, really. Um, they have different views. So, I, a couple of times, honestly, when we had the presidential election going on last year with Biden and Trump and all that, I mean, I had to get on there a few times, going, "Not on here, yeah, not on." If y'all want to, you two want to fuss at each other about who's right and wrong, go somewhere else. But not on East Sadler eSports Esports, yeah. not in our what's called Discord. Yep, we all get on there together. We're not talking politics in here. Because what I believe in Virginia might not believe, you know, what you believe in California yeah. or,
3: or whatever. Yeah. So so are you seeing a lot of growth in this uh, this emerging sports, iSports industry, and especially are companies coming and, and wanting to sponsor your cars in the same way that they would the actual yes. cars?
6: Yes. So the difference between iRacing and, and NASCAR is this. We have a free agency. So on Friday night at 12 o'clock, in the Coca-Cola series, there's 20 owners and 40 drivers, so each owner gets two drivers. And at Friday at 12 o'clock, free agency starts. So that's when owners start calling drivers and just pitching to them. I'll pay you X amount of money, salary. You get a percentage of the winnings, percentage of the championship money. Unbelievable. And my wow. job is to go get sponsorship to,
3: you know, to try to sell, sell these guys on. So you knew the business side as you did uh, Hermy as well on what it took to get sponsors, what it took to get the sponsors to stay with you, and then what you had to do with the sponsor. I think Hermy and you called that the the dick pulling part. And, um,
6: and uh, I say grip and grin. I think he used the other
2: part. <laughs> Hermy, was that your your phrase?
3: But
6: but is Emergency. it mercy?
2: That... Hey, we're, we're on a podcast, you know all that. Ellie and I have called social events that we were forced to attend with sponsors and other people that we had to pretend like we were happy to be in the company of. We've been calling them Dick Pullen since I can remember.
3: <laughs> now, is that about the same? I mean, do you have these kind of gripping grins and yes, and, and all of that interaction that's required? Because it sounds like your team is spread out all across the United so, States. Virtual. So how, it's yeah. all
6: virtual. So what we'll do is if a uh, company... It company it sponsors us. We have virtual meetings, virtual races where their their people, their employees or customers can come in, and we have races against each other with our Coca Cola racers and stuff like that. Oh, really? And we send like employees, like uh, uh, the sponsor employees or something. Yeah, they can come in and race against us. Or if you know, if they're at
3: just like a closed track uh, track. Yeah, yeah,
6: we can set up our own track, our own little. Race
3: interactive. Interactive. interactive, and they don't have to have the rig that you do. They can no, do it with just a steering wheel. They can use any
6: computer and a steering wheel. And some of them, we have started, and this is part of my deal with colleague. A lot of our race fans and people in iRacing, racing, they're race fans. They want to be race, so they go to their local tracks, to Kansas or Chicago or whatever, to see a race. Well, now I have two guys that's going to be there with colleagues. So there you go with the meet and greet. So now it is getting. It is getting real.
3: Wow!
6: So we're adding that element to it as well, and the kids—they're at the right age now. They love it. Like they're—they're they're wanting to do all of these things. Yeah, I
3: got a ten-year-old that, that loves racing. We have the rig room downstairs. And by the way, are you on iRacing? Uh, no, we just do it right on our TV from you know the. Uh, what the hell? You gotta get and You got
2: a ten-year-old kid? You just—you <laughs> yeah. just spent ten thousand yeah, dollars on an I, iRacing. <laughs> really, I I'm not gonna let him listen that. to this either. <laughs> by the way, I'm gonna say this is adult now We did humor. on episode one. Elliot, I know you already know this. We announced the formation of Sadler Stanley Racing that will compete yes. full time in the Smart Modified Tour. Elliot's already said he is not racing, but will you come to the racetrack? And I support? will definitely
3: come to the racetrack. Wait, 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 wait. He said he's not. He told you that he's not going to race in our I in can't. our Legends car. Yeah, but no, hey, because
6: he, he told me the I'm not Smart Modified, I, I can't do that.
3: Wow, I can't fit in it. Look, what if we either <laughs> look we I had <laughs> motor mile last year? <laughs> look in our in our markup when we when we did the car, the mock up, we had to make the window just a little bit wider for Hermy. What if we make it a little bit longer for you? So
6: listen, you are such a <laughs> champion of small businesses in Virginia. You're like the voice that they all are kind of getting behind and helping with the momentum. I think you giving a younger kid a chance to drive that car will be doing the same thing. The opportunity that you're creating for people and small businesses. That is a
3: polite hell no I'm not yeah, getting in the car. He's, he's yeah, just.
2: I, mean, I think he's also su- suggesting I shouldn't drive it either. Yeah, yeah. No, I was about to say
3: he was telling us so we got a two car as, as we talked about last week. you
2: got an A and a B?
3: We got an A and a B car. <laughs> we got a fast car and a slow car. Yeah, yeah. and in fact uh, uh, Phil Stefanali uh, was was talking about the specs with Hermie and said well, you know the the car with the, the main driver is going to be really fast and we don't have to go that fast with you and I asked that he put on a blinker yeah. so so that he can be in the right hand lane uh, on the short tracks with the blinker on but what we're trying to do is then try to bring more people to these short tracks and bring more attention to this Smart Racing Series because, you know, we're going to have that Jonathan Brown who's, who's a really good uh, race car driver. We're going to put him in good equipment and hopefully win a championship. But you know, a lot of people like we did in the Motor Mile, they want to come and see Hermie race. They want to come and have Hermie's autograph. And and the way Smart does is it, it's a lot of fan interaction. So we want to put more butts in the seats in those local race tracks, especially like South I'll Boston. i be glad love to come you. wave the flag or
6: cheer. <laughs> and I think it's. Here you are. You always show. Would you come
3: them. to a dick pollen? I mean, we might have you to. Show oh, how that.
6: You show <laughs> how smart you are. When you have two race cars in a race, you always want to have one up front and one in the back. In case they miss the first one, they'll catch the second <laughs> one. You never want them side by side. So it's good that you're kind of splitting
2: yeah, it out with a car. Yeah, thanks. That was all and for as idea. I yeah. ran motor mile. Had a blast. Yeah. But it was fun. You notice know, so we're talking about Hermie again? Yes, yeah, of course. <laughs> of you know what of I'm course. trying to say is Bobby Labonte ran, which was great. Had a good time catching up with him. but. My first race in years. First time ever in an open wheel modified. And thank the Lord, my only injuries... Were four bruised ribs I got from getting in and out of the car.
5: <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's a, that's a win. It was, yeah, we were proud of him, and we had, seat out a little we, we had the Stanley Logger bit. Uh, we had the
3: Stanley Logger logo on there. pacematic was on there as well. Yep. And I, and and when you got out of that car, I think I saw the bug come back just a little bit. But you said one thing. I'm going to be writing uh, not the front of the check, signing my name on the front of the check. I want to be writing on the back on the of back. the check. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. And yeah.
3: so I think we put something together that's not only going to help these short tracks, help help uh, and especially when we're we're uh, fighting for small businesses as we are, but really bring attention uh, to this race series, and especially with guys like you. Even if we can just get you to wave the flag, I think that's. a are we're great going thing. back
2: before we, you know, we we said we were going to move back. Now we've moved back forward to from his regular career to i racing. But before we go back, we I want a commitment from you, from your son, for your son. Are you going? Are you buying an i racing rig today, tomorrow? You want Elliot to take you over to Sim Seats? Over oh, here in, in Richmond. We'll getting fitted tonight, and no, no problem.
4: Well, Good I heard I the one thing that I liked, is which was the right. word rental. Yeah. Uh, like they sent <laughs> <Yeah>. you <laughs> a rental. You don't want to rent. You don't yeah. want to rent.
2: Well, rent to
3: own. How about because that? Because they're,
2: they're in Richmond, which is right close to the Stanley Law Group uh, studio here, that the naming rights are still available. Jeff, is there still time to get out of this contract? no, nope, nope, not
3: at all. Because it's costing We're me just... money. I don't, I don't see any way where I'm making money on this thing anymore. But no, he's very excited. You know he wants to be a race car driver. Sure, yeah. We've talked about uh, Well, There's no better and... way
6: to do it than I race
3: him. Okay. But yep. he's, he's just in love with it. And I'll tell you, in his rig room, um, he's got a poster of the two of you. With The Rock, signed by the both oh, of you. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I think it was signed actually by Hermie, and then Hermie just, uh, you know, forged yeah, your signature. I'm fine with that. But it's a great poster, and, and he's got it right next to all his favorite race car drivers. We're going to put – let's put a double J up there while we're at it. But, yeah, that's – I mean, and, and you can start – the fun the fun part of that, that is, is it does cost a lot of money to start in racing. Yeah, sure. Even go-karts, those are a lot – that's a lot of investment of time and money. While we're talking about this simulator here that it may be expensive – it can be done at home. They can get into it right away. There's a lot of opportunity there for them to even find out whether they like to do it or not, right?
6: 100%. And my son, that will probably be the only thing he'll ever be allowed to race <laughs> is, a, is a simulator. You wouldn't race let your kids him. get back in the car? I don't think I want him to do that. And my wife, definitely gonna, yeah. my wife definitely doesn't want him to do that. It's, it's a tough road. It's expensive. It's tough. It's a lot of travel. The... Politics behind it has changed. The business model of NASCAR right now is different than it's ever been. Um, it, it's just a tough sport now to to get into. Now, if you're in it and you got an avenue to get there and you have backing or you have family, it can be good for you. But if you're not in the door... It's tough to really work your way up through it.
3: This is what I'm gonna. This is the part of the podcast I am gonna let my ten year old listen to when he talks about that. It's but tough. but let's 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 go back into the wayback machine here and yeah. let's start where you guys got started. I mean, but I was
2: gonna say we mentioned one of the races that the Smart Modified Tour races on is South Boston Speedway, mm-hmm. and Elliot back in 1995 won the track championship, won 13 races in that season. So that was kind of maybe the the year that kind of got you noticed Mm -hmm. and got you ready to take that next step into the, which was then the Bush Grand National Series. Talk a little bit about. Well, hold on, hold on. I want to find out where does Sadler, where do the Sadler brothers hear?
3: Where did you get the bite for racing? Was it something your father or your mother got you into? When you started, I mean, how old were you? What got you off the ground? So when we were kids, um,
6: our uncle Bud, My mom's uh, brother was a racer, and he ran on local dirt tracks, and then he ran on some asphalt, you know, bush racing back in the day. And our dad also owned a car, a dirt car, that we'd all go just kind of pile up in the vehicle and go watch run. So it was in our family. And when we would start racing go-karts on Friday nights or Saturday nights or our uncle was racing somewhere, we'd all meet at Sunday afternoon at our granny's house, my mom's mom's house, And it was like all of us were doing something with racing, not only just Hermie and I, but our cousins. We had a couple of cousins that I mean, three or four of them that also raced other than us. We were just a racing family. Mm -hmm. Most of them, you know, racing go karts. Cousin Tom raced a little bit of late models back in the day and some short tracks. But it was just, I think, from my uncle Bud. And then also my my dad that, you know, we just had an opportunity. And we have a guy that works, still works for my dad to this day, Hermie and dad now at the oil company. His name is Danny Wyatt. He was a world champion go-kart racer when we were coming along. I mean, that's what he did on the weekends. And I think one time he took Hermie to a go-kart race when Hermie was probably 13 or 14 and let him race. Well, I'm the younger brother, right? I'm seven. Well, hey. If my older brother gets to do it, you know, I want to get to do it, too. So that's kind of how the door opened for us to get to do it, is one of my dad's employees was a world champion go-kart guy and kind of took Hermie and I uh, under his wing and then helped us. And he actually taught me how to race, how to drive, how to work on go-karts. And a lot of the time when I was growing up, my dad was always busy working and business stuff. Danny would actually take me driving. Well, if you notice, his name is Danny Wyatt, well, my son's name is Wyatt. Mm-hmm. That's not a mistake. So Man, he's named wow. after this guy that kind of taught me everything I need to know about racing growing up and, and kind of get me on the right path.
3: Now, for you, Hermie, I mean, you're the older brother. Yeah, Dad's got the race team. Same setup in terms of the family. Did you just naturally think that that's what you wanted to do or were going to do? Didn't have a choice to do. Well, How did you just get into it to where Elliot was? As Elliot along said, his older as older brother,
2: Elliot said, we, you know, I, I have very fond memories of going to. To Wilson Fairgrounds in Wilson, North Carolina, Fayetteville, uh, Saluda, Brunswick Speedway, Shantilly, um, to watch my uncle Bud race. My mom had a big family. It was she, it was six kids, three brothers and two other sisters, and uh, so and they all were involved in racing. So we would go pull for my uncle Bud. And as Elliot said, my dad had a car. My dad never drove. But he owned cars that were very competitive, and all y'all that know my dad know he is super duper competitive, regardless. And so he spent a lot of time, effort, you know. So we were going to races. I mean, even before he was born, you know, we were. I was three, four years old going to races, and then we just kept going. And then we've kind of had a natural progression. I started to go karts, and then Elliot started pretty quickly behind that, and then. Uh, I won the World Karting uh, Championship in 88, then started messing with— What's that take?
3: What does that entail? I mean, world? Or were you going to foreign, yeah, foreign it was, countries,
2: or, or was this all
4: United States? United States. Okay.
2: Um, but I won that in 88, and then I started— How old were you? Uh, 19? 19. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So then um, started messing with late-model stock cars, and then actually it worked out really, really good that— You know, Elliot was, when I moved on to late models, Elliot stepped up to the karting side. And then when I went to, um, from late models to the Bush Grand National Series, Elliot came in and kind of took over and then elevated my late model, you know, the, the late model program to even more success and winning championships and those kind of things. And then, um, then was it brother
3: to brother competitiveness at this point? Hell then?
2: yeah, we had a hell of a mess. <laughs> <laughs> no.
5: I've known y'all twenty five years and didn't even know this. Uh, yeah. The, the, the and upgrade then,
6: yeah.
2: and then the coolest part, probably of, of, of all the things we did through the years, was when it came time for Elliot to, after his track championship at South Boston, we wanted to put him in a couple Bush Grand National races, and I already had a team, mm-hmm. so we were able to. When you get, say when you say you had a team, what do you mean? I owned my own Bush Grand National Team at the oh, time, really? okay. sponsored by DeWalt Tools. And my shop was over in Chesterfield, Virginia, at the airport. And Now, what, what was your
3: sponsorship money at the
2: time? I mean, what year is
3: this, and what's it take to, to put a team um, together and keep it together? It's
2: 95, 96. Yeah, 95, 96. My, my, uh, I'll give you some kind Roll of— Raw
6: data here. Here we go. <laughs>
2: 1993. You mentioned it on the Senate floor uh, last week. Mm-hmm. Virginia's for lovers. Virginia Tourism Corporation was my first full-time sponsor in the Bush Grand National Series. Primary sponsorship for the nineteen ninety-three season was four hundred thousand dollars. Wow!
3: For the whole season. And that took care of employees, all parts, all of it, trips.
2: We, well, we we all had to, between associate sponsors and my dad trying to help, and my owner at the time, Don Beverly, putting personal funds in. I'm just, I'm not saying that's what it took to run the race team. I'm saying that's what a middle to top line primary sponsorship went for in 1994 in that series. Okay. $400,000. My first deal with DeWalt was 1995. That first deal was $750,000. And I had them for two years. But it really put us in a position the way when Elliot was... Because look, when you, like in his case, when you're making that jump from a local Saturday night short track to a Bush Grand National car, nobody is going to want to spend money on you or let you drive their car or maybe tear it all to pieces or do all that until they've seen you race a couple times. So Elliot drove our cars a couple times and did very well. He ran, I remember, South Boston. Richmond. Richmond, Richmond, maybe Nazareth. Hickory. Nazareth. New Hampshire. So a a handful of races we put in to kind of get his name out there. And then he was picked up by Gary Bechtel shortly thereafter. So I'm going to tell that story.
6: You know, a lot of things in life is the right place at the right time. Right. So I'm driving – one of Hermes' cars at Hickory Motor Speedway and Bill Engel is there for Bechtel Motorsports trying to make the race. He does not make it. My car is solid white, no sponsorship on it. Their PR director, head of their PR, is um, Benny Pawson's son, Keith. Keith, who was Hermes' roommate at UNC. So he comes to me and goes, look, we have missed the race. Can we put our sponsorship on your car, and I'm going. Yes, yes, you can. So they put their sponsorship on my car, which at the time was WCW Wrestling.
3: <laughs> this was 1996. Did you have the double J with the gold lemay I underwear? I had a beautiful
6: uniform car and everything with me, with the steam face on the yes. hood. WCW. It was yellow and purple. So anyway, I ran very well in that. Did you know that, John? I've got a hood. Double J's face was on a 99 car.
5: Go ahead, though. But LA. did you know that the WCW... No, I didn't know this. I knew so, the Bechtel story. Yeah, I, so, I, yeah.
6: I run that race. Monday, I get a call from Keith Barnwell. Says, we need you to come to Charlotte. We want to talk to you. So, I drive to Charlotte from Emporia, Virginia, three and a half hours. And I walk in their office. And Keith Barnwell's there. He's the manager of the race team. And Gary Bechtel and said, okay, we want you to come drive for us. But it's a tryout basis. So we're going to go to Darlington on Wednesday. We're going to take you to Darlington. If you run a specific time, if you run a 30 flat, we will take you to Michigan this weekend to race. This is a tryout. Wow. So I'm like, oh, my God. So anyway, this is my, here comes my Dale Jarrett story. And I could talk for four hours if y'all needed contact. I, l- I love this. So this is great. I'm mesmerized. I you go, too. So I show up at Darlington to go test. I I drive through the track Wednesday morning. There's my little 29 car sitting on the corner, and it's seven race cars lined up. Some of them have 88 on them. Some of them have 28. 1996 was the year Dale Jarrett was trying to win the Winston Million, Mm -hmm. and he had to win at Darlington to win it. So he was there testing. So I get out of my rental car. I go up to Dale Jarrett. I go, look, you don't know me from Adam. My name's Elliott Sadler. I'm Hermie Sadler's younger brother. Yeah, you've raced, you race against my son. Um, Jason. Jason. You race against my son, Jason, at Hickory. And I said, yes, sir. He said, all right, cool. So you're here testing? I said, yeah. I said, look, is there anything you can help me with? I've never been to Darlington before. Anything you can do to help me get ready? He said, get in the right seat of my race call. So I got in the right seat of his race car, no helmets on or anything, and he drove me around the track in his race car. And he's there testing to win a million dollars now. I'm, he don't hardly know me from Adam. And he took me around and showed me some things that I need to mentally think about. And every couple hours, he come check on me. Hey, man, you need anything? You good? Looks like you're doing all right, man. You're pretty fast. Just, so he, And I'm thinking, oh, my God, these people in NASCAR are so nice. But that was the first time. That's the first time you met Dale? Yes, first time I met him. And he treated me like a brother or a son or however you want to do it at that test. So I ran fast enough at Darlington. (laughs) And I got to go to Michigan and race that weekend for Diamond Ridge Motorsports. I qualified 10th, finished 9th. They said, okay, come to Charlotte next Wednesday. We're going to test Charlotte. And if you run fast enough at Charlotte, we're going to let you run the Bristol night race.
5: This is the Xfinity series.
6: This is the Xfinity series. Yeah. So I go to Charlotte and test. The next week, run fast enough, they take me to Bristol. So I had two tryouts and two races. And then the next Tuesday, they signed me a deal to uh dry for them. Bechtel, so you talking about me that Bechtel. Bechtel did. The Bechtel Corporation in nineteen ninety six. But the thing we
2: need to emphasize is the fact that he got those opportunities because I guess in in equipment. Equipment. <laughs>
4: <equipment.
5: laughs> we're gonna circle back. <laughs> now hey I don't I don't know if you know this, but Bechtel and the professional wrestling WCW. I don't they used to go up to Richmond. Now my question is they used to go to the Richmond wrestling matches. All the time. Who took y'all? Was it I didn't was it one of Bell's uh uncle? one of
6: our my dad's friends Mr. Maxi Moore. I've, I've never asked that. Maxi Moore would take us to all the... All so, the so all the him, be Richmond Coliseum and Maxie okay. was hardcore. I mean, he was real, and he figured out how to get underneath the Coliseum. So <laughs> when y'all would come out, with that we're standing there as kids
2: it's to everybody, and he didn't mind asking. Do you he, remember Jeff Big Time and you way back? Oh
6: look,
4: time? Yeah, you all kid, all man, the time. That's when luck? I
5: ain't that old. Yeah. Damn. Damn, that was before still my a fascinating time. story. That, so that, that whole so. so
6: you know that was neat. So they offered me a job. I remember signing a contract. So. 1996, I'm 21 years old. I'm now making my own money. I moved from Emporia. I had to move that to work in the shop. That way I could learn. They can keep eye on me. 21
3: years old. What are they paying a 21-year-old guy? $60,000 a
6: year plus a percentage of the purse was my first contract I signed. Question. Yep. I lived in a hotel. Question.
5: H- had you quit?
6: college yes i'd already quit college you'd already quit but yeah yes see we skipped right over that yeah yeah and
5: and and, and, because herman that's another thing hermy you went to four years of unc parallel you never quit racing during the four
2: years of college racing so you literally i I gave up a lot of stuff in my college i didn't
5: yeah but but still like even so, so i was
2: in college in chapel hill i was alternating weekends i'd go to south boston one saturday night Orange County the next the following Saturday night, alternate back and forth. All through in school. College. Yep.
6: Yeah. That's amazing. So I get my job. I living in a hotel. But hold on, I want to back up just a second because okay. we're so who's
5: who, who,
2: who's who's asking the questions on this podcast? Jeff's doing me, a great job, me, me and Bill, because I want to follow this because
5: this is a story. I've already got three or four headlines. Why the Saddlers walked away, yeah. uh, Elliot? Uh, so uh, fighting for
6: his time on the podcast, yes, right?
5: High school high school basketball star scholarship, yep. Yep. Uh, George uh, James Madison. I always call yeah, James Madison. Yep. One year hurt your knee.
6: Yep, had knee surgery. And
5: you wrestled uh, wrestled. Here we go. You fought r- with that? You raced all through basketball or no? Did you stop?
6: Yes, I raced, but see, the re- so I had oh, 17, I had 17 scholarship offers to play baseball in college. But baseball is during the summer. And my dad was like, "We didn't spend all this damn money <laughs> yeah, okay. on racing. We're going to keep racing." And of course, I love racing too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, "Okay, I'll go to James Madison and play basketball. That's during the winter time. I got you. And now. then I can race. So then I got hurt. Um, could never. I never played a freaking game in college. I mean, I was, I was that guy. And see, this is what I tell my kids all the time. I was that guy. Poor, poor, pitiful me. Why is this happening to me? You know, I spent my whole life getting ready you know, to play ball in college, and now I'm hurt, and I can't pursue my dream. You know, the whole world's against me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was that guy. So I quit school. Yeah. When I came home for our Christmas break, I didn't tell my parents. I showed up with all my stuff in the back of the truck. Well, my dad didn't speak to me for a month. I mean, he didn't even speak to me. Oh, wow. All he said was... Have your ASS at work Monday morning. So me trying to outthink the system, he's like, all right, you're going to come in and you're going to work. You're going to wash cars. It's all
5: company or dealerships.
6: Dealership. You're going to wash cars. So I'm washing cars. I'm having a ball. We got the music playing. I'm making $5 an hour, you know, doing the whole thing. December, January, February. I'm having too much fun back there. All right. Now... We're going to put you in the parts department, learn how to work with parts. So I'm up there and still kind of having fun doing all right. I said, all right, now you need to learn how to sell cars. And if you got, you're going to be at home, you need to learn how to sell cars. But I'm not going to pay you salary. I'm just going to pay you commission on when you sell a car. So I'm at work two days. I sell a car. I get my commission check. I'm rich, right? I'm rich there. <laughs> so I didn't show up at work for like a week. I was going working on my race car. Oh, I didn't show it. So Danny went up to the manager one day and said, how's L.A. doing? <laughs> we, ain't <seen> <laughs> <laughs> we ain't seen him.
2: So you done, made to- it, you done made enough for the monthly. I done made a month on the <laughs> monthlies.
6: I didn't have to go, you know, I didn't have to yeah, do that yeah. every day. So he got so mad at me. So we went through that time. Yep. And finally we had a sit down heart to heart at the beginning of 1995. And I said, all right, listen, give me one year to make it on my own. One year. And if I don't, then I will come back, do the family business, whatever, however, whatever. And I was bound and determined that I was going to make it.
5: So the pressure was on. The Bechtel situation happened. You got a full ride. You're in Charlotte. You're working in the shop.
6: Working in the shop, having a ball, running for Bechtel. We finished in the top five in points the first year. The second year, we're leading the points. Who's your sponsor? Uh, Phillip, 66, yeah. out of Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Love those guys. Uh, Bob Pomeroy was the head guy. So, anyway, driving for Bechtel, leading the points in 1998, about May, middle of the season. Bechtel comes in, fires half the team, just me yeah. and Bechtel. Fires half the team. We're like, we're leading the points. So, I've lost like half of my team, and they're shutting down the other team, Jeff Green's team, and they're moving Jeff Green the cup. Like, what what are we going to do? <laughs> so at the end of that year, we ended up finishing like third or fourth in points. I got a call from the Wood Brothers. Ah. And that's when I didn't know if they were real or not. They are like, hey, this is Eddie Wood. I thought it was a buddy of mine at first. I'm like, yeah, right. No, this is Eddie Wood. I want you to meet me at the Bennigans in Michigan. We're going to talk on a Thursday night. So they offered me a job to drive for the Wood Brothers, and I started that in 1999.
5: Wow. So Bechtel was... That was
6: I left Bechtel in the end of 98. I could kind of see the writing on the yeah. wall with him. Um, and then you were with Woods for how many years? Wood Brothers, Long four, four years with Wait. the Wood Brothers. But I'm going to tell you what, they taught. Eddie Wood taught me the best lesson I think helps me to this day. So it's 1999. I'm 24 years old. We have a gathering at the shop. i walk into the shop. He didn't tell me everybody was going to be there. All the employees and their families. Oh. So I walk in. Hey, everybody. They're all standing there like this. How old are you? 23. (laughs) They're all standing there like this, just standing still, almost like, you know, army lined up. So I just wanted you to see this and want you to know your actions on and off the track dictate a lot of what these people have for their families, the jobs that they have for their families. We've got a great sponsor. We got a great team. This is what we do up here. I just want you to understand what you're responsible for. But honestly, that picture sticks in my head sure. from from then on out. That you know, our decisions reflect a, you know make a big difference for a lot of different people, especially on a race team. I was gonna say, so you couldn't be stupid, you know. So, but the, I I I probably needed that at that time. Yeah, in my well, life. it's like
5: the basketball players NBA or NFL quarterbacks they are the franchise
6: they are yeah yeah.
5: wow what an amazing story
6: so far yeah and (laughs) we could keep going man it's so much you know so many twists and turns in in somebody's you know career as you go through different
3: things you're not kidding you're not kidding. And at some point in time, I mean, your your brother puts you in his car. You get these kind of opportunities. But at some point, you all start meeting on the track, do you not?
2: Well, we became teammates. We became teammates in 98. Yeah, 95 yeah, through 97, I ran my own team. In 98, I went with we DeWalt teammates. to be a teammate with Elliott at Diamond Ridge. And we luckily, fortunately, whatever, we never had that I can remember a real issue mm-hmm. As far as on the track,
3: I mean, I, we never—you never got mad at each other, never now, wrecked each other. Not I think we were—I
6: think we were pulling for each other more.
3: Yeah,
2: you know. Than maybe I, I, I never—it never, you know, it probably would have been fun if we'd have had times, mm-hmm. um, but you know, Elliot, you know, came in and and I mean, was really competitive and and uh, and did well and accomplished a lot, and it was, um, you know, I, I think we were always in a position, even when we were on the track at the same time. Always in a position where we were pulling for the other one to, you know, to do well. So
3: was there was there ever a time where you guys were running NASCAR, going for the win, competing? Something happens between the two of you, or were you no. usually working as teammates, even we're if you weren't we're trying teammates. to work as teammates
2: right. most of the time?
3: Even yeah. when you weren't on the same team, when
2: those yeah, then, right. you know. Yeah. Then ultimately, I, when I got out of a full-time situation, about the time that uh, my daughter Haley was diagnosed with autism, I stepped back from the ride that I had, and when I went back really from that point forward my main deal was television you know i had one-off rides here there and did some things but you know then i had you know more opportunities in media to to uh to to help uh really promote him and things that he was doing as well so wait
3: a minute this is one of those like
2: happy brother stories
3: you know you guys were any messing with
2: each other no really i know that's not exciting for
3: the pod I mean, can you, you want to make something up?
4: <laughs> you you make sure we can come up with choreograph it like Jerry. Hey, yeah, yeah, like it's oh. not
3: wrestling or politics;
6: hey. it's racing. <laughs> so this this one usually slips Hermes' memory. In 1995, Hermes decides he wants to come back to South Boston Speedway and race against me uh, for like to. They were paying him money, like uh, show money, to come show up. So we give so him, far
2: the story's accurate. So we give him a
6: car that he takes over to his bush shop to work on. He gave me a
2: trade back. I gave him trade, some of my right. cars, so now I'm going back. He's giving me one So here. we okay.
6: show up at the racetrack. And it was competitive that week. You know, we we wanted to run a car a certain way, they wanted to run their car a certain way, and we were trying to banter back and forth. So we show up at the racetrack. Well, I'm leading one of my biggest rivals in racing. At that time, name is Stacy Compton from Hurt, Virginia. Everybody knows Stacy Compton. Stacy Compton, and Hermes running third. Well, all of a sudden, I don't know what's going on behind me. Caution comes out. Well, I look in my mirror. The what's he like? WWBT channel yeah, thirteen. Channel thirteen. 13, channel, 13. The channel thirteen. Channel white, thirteen was his sponsor. Taco, white it, Taco Bell yeah. and all that. So that car is not in my mirror anymore. It's a yellow slippy in car. <laughs> and I'm coming around the corner, and everybody's doing this. I am getting the bird from everybody in this stand. You so Hermie Hermie wrecked my biggest competitor that I was trying to beat for the points. So did him a solid. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll did me a solid. solid. <laughs> so I got booed pretty much the rest of the year because I brought Hermie in to help wreck my competition.
5: That is but, wrestling one-on-one. Did you mean to did do that? He pro- did not.
6: Of course he did o- not mean to. O- o- allegedly. O- it was o- allegedly. O- <laughs> <laughs> since we're sending a Stanley the the brothers <laughs> The Anderson what brothers? Had, what had happened
2: was I got in there too hot. No, but i I've I had race with Stacy years past. Oh, don't try to yeah. Nobody's sugarcoating this. What's yeah. done is done. Well, I did, mm-hmm. I did, I did, I did get in there too hot and wrecking, but it certainly was not. But I, I don't intention.
6: know if they were giving me the finger or her me the finger. But you, you. I think it's, we it's both a, were getting. Yeah. We were yeah. getting the double number one. Yeah,
3: the left hand was sad and the right hand yeah. was lure. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So <laughs> what ended up? What ended up at the end of that race? Did you win it?
6: I, I did, but we won the championship, which was the most important part okay. of it. And that Compton night, and his friends didn't no, get up it, there? it wasn't. because no, oh, uh, that would have, have really been that. bad. Yeah, there <laughs> wasn't any
3: uh, altercation or some words? There's and... a lot
6: of mouths, but we had some big guys on our team. Big John was always with me, Jeff.
2: Was he? Big John yeah. would come down into the pits and say, listen. You know what John Everybody got... keep your hands below your waist. Nobody gonna get hurt.
3: <laughs> what the hell does that mean? That means don't don't. Oh, don't don't, oh, hey, don't, don't, bris don't, up. don't That was off. always
6: his saying. Just God's keep your hands sense. below your waist, and we'll be fine. Senator, Big John, they're talking
5: about. He's got a big set of hands. <laughs> he does. His Thank hands. How'd you are, finish like that?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering you where know, that was going. Am i Am not gonna let my ten year old <laughs> listen to this one either?
5: I say, hands. Okay, good. God,
3: get your mind out of the gutter. I, I, I just, I don't, you know, Jeff, I just wait. It was so dramatic how you were building up. I thought for sure it was going to go south. <laughs> literally.
2: <laughs> Look, I want to take That's one it. more opportunity to remind everybody that leaning right and turning left with Sadler and the Senator is powered by pace matic who reminds you to follow the show on social media at Sadler Senator. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode as we discuss the hot topics in the Virginia General Assembly and, of course, racing and a little bit of wrestling as we've done today. This has been fun. Elliot, I want to personally— I I do want to talk about one little small
6: more thing before you kick me off the radio. Then y'all can edit it however the hell y'all want to edit it. (laughs)
3: Wait, wait. I mean, we're just scratching the surface, Jeff. That's this is amazing. My, a, I don't I don't did you notice all of a sudden when we when we got down into one little race at South Boston suddenly the two of them are going hey thanks for having me oh I hear my mom calling me I got to yeah. go. I think what we do right now is just take a little commercial break. Take a commercial break. We come back, and uh, that gives Jeff and I just a couple minutes to figure out how to finish our line of attack and cross examination. He's only twenty
5: three in the story.
3: I know. He's
5: fifty two now. So we got like we got tw- a lot
3: of lot of stuff. Oh, I this is, we got 30 this is this is an exciting we podcast. We could have covered yeah. thirty years, but this is an exciting it. podcast for you and me, Jeff. I I think that I'm just thrilled to listen to this. And if you guys will just hang on with us, and we I think we have more questions. And uh, let's take a little break here. Let's uh, I
2: reserve the right to plead the fifth. <laughs>
3: <laughs> let's let's uh, pay off. To our sponsors, and uh, and we'll be right back. Okay, so you're listening to
0: Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail, from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
2: Hi, folks. This is Hermie Sadler. Thanks for listening to our all-new podcast, Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator. I hope you are enjoying the show as much as Senator Stanley and I enjoy bringing it to you. Whether you're a family traveling together or a truck driver hauling freight up and down the highway... I hope you will take the time to visit one of our Sadler Travel Plaza locations in Virginia and North Carolina. Sadler Travel Plaza locations are licensed dealer locations for pallet travel centers, and we also carry Shell Motiva Petroleum products for our four wheel friends. We pride ourselves on providing one stop shopping for service, food, and entertainment. Our food options include Five Guys Burgers and Fries, Quiznos, Dairy Queen. Hermie Sadler's Faux Show Bar and Grill, Victory Lane Restaurant, Hunt Brothers Pizza, Dunkin' Donuts, and much, much more. Our locations include Sadler Travel Plaza in South Hill, located off I-85 at exit 12. The Sadler Travel Plaza of Emporia, which is conveniently located on exit 11B off I-95. And Sadler Travel Plaza on Highway 58 in Suffolk. We also have our North Carolina location, Sadler Travel Plaza in Dunn, North Carolina. That's exit 75 off I-95. We appreciate all of our customers, and Bill and I appreciate you listening to Leaning Right and Turning Left with Sadler and the Senator, powered by PaySomatic.
3: Hey, this is Bill Stanley, Hermes Sadler's sidekick on this podcast. When I'm not in Richmond at the Capitol or doing this podcast, my real job for the past 27 years is as a trial attorney with the Stanley Law Group. Here at the Stanley Law Group, we represent our clients in every courthouse in the Commonwealth. No problem is too small for us to solve. No case is too big for us to win. Whether it's criminal charges, traffic offenses, civil disputes, litigation matters of any sort, we handle it all. We make sure that we treat every client like family because they are to us. Your problem is our problem. Your success is our success because we hate to lose more than we love to win. And believe me, we win a lot don't believe me? Go ask Hermie. I'm his favorite lawyer, and he hates lawyers. So give us a call at 540-721-6028 and let us help you. Or visit our website at www.vastanleylawgroup.com. That's www.vastanleylawgroup.com. At the Stanley Law Group, we'll make sure we're the lawyers that you swear by and not at.
2: I'm Senator Bill Stanley, and I'm turning left. I'm Hermie Sadler want to remind you that this podcast is powered by PesoMatic. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast and be sure to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Then listen each week as we discuss a ri- wide range of topics about small business, law, and government, plus our biggest love, auto racing, which we're doing today with uh, Elliot Sadler. What a show it's been so far. Elliot, we've already talked about we want to get you on uh, another podcast down the road to finish this up we're just scratching the surface but uh, before our break we were touching a little bit on the wood brothers years and the fact that you won that race at bristol started in the back went to the front their first victory in eight years first ever at bristol finish up that story and
3: first Patrick county is of course a, a county that i represent in the 20th senate district i love wood brothers 21 i've always loved them my dad loved them when i was growing up i mean that's what got me into racing they were a homegrown Virginia race team, they've stayed that way. They've never varied. Um, that must have been a thrill for you to, to be a part of that team for for a period you of time. You know,
6: growing up a fan of any kind of racing in Virginia, you knew about the Wood brothers.
3: So the first couple of times I walked into
6: the shop, there's Glenn and Bernice Wood. They work there every day. I mean, it's the owner and the wife, and they just treat everybody like it's family. And, of course, Leonard Wood, how smart he was, and it, he was so innovative. In watching him do things in the back of the shop, and they would spend so much time with you. I mean, they just made me feel like their long-lost son while I was there. But I think one of the coolest things um, was winning the race at Bristol. Herman just brought it up. A couple key things uh, that went into that. We qualified terrible. 38th, I, right? 38th, but I broke Dale Earnhardt's record. Dale Earnhardt qualified 36th one time and won the race. I qualified 38th. Nobody has ever qualified that bad at Bristol and won the
3: race. It's almost impossible to do. It is
6: very much almost impossible to do. So I had to break,
3: you know, one of my child... <laughs> Seriously, <childhoods>. I guess <laughs> it is impossible <laughs> to well, do he, again. He's
5: one of 36 who uh, got a pole and won the race. He may be only one of a million who... <laughs> Thirty-eight.
6: Has anybody done that? No. That's what I have the record for. That I broke. Dale Earnhardt had it. Now I have it,
2: and starting thirty-eight. The record, sta- record stand today. Not too, this is now This is separate from the record-breaking four-time most
5: popular, most popular driver. driver in Xfinity series. That's Who didn't get to talk at the banquet? But that's another.
2: That's
6: podcast. a whole nother podcast, guys. We're not even <laughs> scratching the surface. You're coming back. Though, I'm though, for still sure. pissed about that one. Uh, uh, and and I'm going to go off subject. But my coolest award that I've ever won in NASCAR. NASCAR did a fan vote in 2005. Who would you most likely want to have a beer with in racing? I won in
3: 2005. Shocking!
6: I, I won it. the shocking. I was the driver most fans wanted to have a beer with. I didn't even add that to you know for our speech at the Senate. We'll Last do week. that next time yeah. for the introduction mm-hmm. I brought in. But uh, going back to the Wood Brothers, the coolest thing was winning that race, and how it we were running okay. We were not great. But Bristol is a very short track. You have to make your decisions so quick on to pit or not to pit. Pat Trison was my crew chief. Beginning part of the year is about our sixth or seventh race working together. So we were still feeling each other out. Where caution comes out. Where I'm talking at the same time he is, hey, are we going to pit or are we going to not pit? Are we pitting? Not pitting. I hadn't heard anything. So he's telling me to pit at the same time I'm keying my mic going, hey, you got to tell me something. You got to tell me some commitment line. So I stayed out. So he's like, hey, what are you doing? (laughs) I was like, you didn't say anything. I'm asking, you know, I was asking you to let me know to pit. You wouldn't, I told you to pit. You got to stay off the radio. So we're (laughs) screaming at each other. So it's like, what do we do now? And he says, well, you got to come in and get tires. You're almost out of tires. Just come in and pit. And Eddie Wood goes, No. You know, you've made your bet. You just you're leading the race, but hold on for everything you've got. And we end up winning the race on old tires, track position and all of that. And John Andretti was driving the forty three car and I was driving the twenty one. So it was the twenty one against the forty three like it was back in the seventies. NASCAR 70s. history, right NASCAR there. history. So we win that race and I remember pulling into victory lane and seeing tears on the guy's eyes. Lynn Wood, his wife, who's who um, just passed away a couple months ago, Nancy. Rest yourself. Yep. Um, Carol, Eddie, just just bawling, crying. You know, it was cool to win a race, but you didn't really realize how cool it was to give back to somebody that had given you an opportunity in racing. Mm. So we win the race. We're at Bristol. All of a sudden, Eddie goes, you ain't going home tonight. We're going to the shop. I've called. We're going to have a party waiting for us when we get back. So, we, you know, we load the car up and all this stuff. So we drive from Bristol, Tennessee, through the mountains. We go to Stuart, Virginia. We show up at the shop, and it's like the whole town of Stewart, Virginia, is there. It is like a party going on, like, a, you know, trucks pulled up with drinks, vending machines, and, all, I mean, all kinds of crap going on outside, music playing. They had toilet paper, their whole shop. They had toilet paper to Eddie, Lynn, and Carol's houses. And they all lived together. They the, all lived right there on the hill, hill together. Yeah. Oh, wow. So they had toilet paper at all their houses. like It was almost like a parade when we came back in. <laughs> so, you t- you know, I'm a you know 22, 23-year-old kid, 24, and I come into this town, and it's like I'm the mayor of Stewart, Virginia tonight. <laughs> like, I'm the king of the castle. It was just neat. Yeah. There with the trophy. And people hugging and kinfolk and just local people from the garage down the street, and that that was a really neat time. Yeah, and, and that was and that's uh, Patrick County for
3: you, Jeff. That really is. I mean, it is a close knit community. It is. It's a wonderful community. They like to be left the heck alone, um, but they care for each other that's but in ways that are old fashioned. But in the same way, I wish the rest of the world thought them like they did.
6: Well, it was their race team, whether they worked there or not. It was their community race team, and I had, to, you know, I learned that over time being there. But you know, I was pretty much a part of Patrick County when I was there. Like That's correct, and they they And they've got the in.
3: the Wood Brothers Museum. It is, yeah. And isn't isn't your car there? It is your car that you won in at Bristol is, is the right there in Stewart, museum. Virginia, and you can go touch it if you want. Yep. And, and the engines and the replica engines that the Wood Brothers do right in there. It's the most amazing museum if you like auto sports, if you like uh, history. Go to that museum. It's right there in downtown Stuart. There's so and,
6: much and history you
5: know what? in it. Yep. Now, what year was this? 98? 2001. 2000, okay, so even better. Yep. So And, yep. when I and do that's the, a monumental season. We, yes yeah, sir. I was going to say, when I do the wrestling podcast and we talk about events in the 90s, it wasn't the streaming world. There wasn't 400 channels on TV. It was the golden era of cable television and ratings. Mm-hmm. How many people were at that race?
6: It was packed. You know, 160,000. <clears> sold out. That Going ha- crazy.
5: That doesn't happen today. I'll just say no, that diplomatically. Not so in front of that many people. That's what. Yeah, I mean, yep. just the the real golden age in a lot of ways. It was red hot. Merchandise was red hot. Man, that's pretty cool. Twenty four yeah,
3: year like old the, kid from the seventies, to the eighties, nineties, right to, to about right then. Uh, that was the golden age. I think of NASCAR racing. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. And you were a part of it. You were. Part I was of that a history. part
6: of it with some really good teams, and you know we hadn't even scratched the surface on any of that, but. You know, I went from the Wood Brothers, then I got to drive for Robert Yates, I got to drive for Ray Everingham I got to drive for Richard Petty, um, Richard Childress, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Michael Waltrip. You know, I've gotten to drive for a lot of different guys. There uh, is a lot more to tell. It, it? is a lot, a, lot a lot more to uh, There's tell.
5: several more podcasts. I, I, I can't wait.
2: So yeah, we this podcast was supposed to be about the career of Elliot Sadler, so we didn't get through but about a third of it. So you will come back for another podcast. Will. Yes, sir. All right. Thank we, you so uh, much. We, man, what, what, what a, a thrill. This, what a thrill this has been. It's yeah. been fun for me. I've actually learned some uh, some stuff too, but it's been so much fun talking. This is only episode two, uh, but we'll have you back for another one. I want to thank you. I want to thank Jeff for hanging around for our first two, our maiden voyages <laughs> Indeed. on Leaning Right. And turning left uh, with Sadler and the Senator Jeff, thank you. You're on your own, boys. You're on your own now. Um, I kids. think we're ready. I think yeah, I think well, we're totally hooked. I think so. I
6: Jeff think and I are great. exiting the building, so it's all on your shoulders. <laughs> that's now, right. Guys. That's a lot of that's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> all Herney, right, do you thank, think
3: you can do it?
2: Oh yeah, we got it. Okay, we got yeah. it. Thanks to everybody for uh, for tuning in, downloading the podcast. Keep up with us on social media, Sadler Senator on Instagram, Twitter, all that. Um, we'll see you again next week for episode. Number three, and what's the name of the studio, Bill? Uh, you're sitting high atop the Stanley Law Group
3: studio on top of the Stanley Law Group building in beautiful downtown Richmond, Virginia,
2: home of the capital of the Commonwealth. Soon enough, though, maybe in the next couple of weeks, we're going to take the show on the road down to Emporia, Virginia, to Faux Show. We'll uh, keep everybody posted about that online. But thanks, everybody, again. And
3: yep. I'm leaning right. I'm State Senator Bill
2: Stanley. And I'm turning left. I'm Hermy Sadler. We'll see you next time on leaning right and turning left with Sadler in the center.
5: NMLS number 65084 Equal Housing lender. Woo!
7: Tax season is here, which means you've received or are expecting that tax refund any day now and you're thinking about what to spend it on. How about a new home? With with SaveWithConrad.com, we're helping renters become homeowners every single day, and it's more affordable than you think. You don't need perfect credit, you don't need a huge down payment. In fact, you may not need a down payment at all. At SaveWithConrad.com, we take the stress out of the home buying process, we'll determine your buying power, we'll even help you find a realtor. And unlike the banks, we don't say no, we say not yet, but here's how. So if you're not ready right now, we'll get you on a plan to be ready. Stop throwing your money away, paying someone else's mortgage with your rent and start the path towards owning your own home today at SaveWithConrad.com.